1: Tomorrow can be bigger yeah. Just grow Let the world overflow Give yeah. my life bigger than yourself You're created for me
2: Welcome to Live Big with Bishop Derek Greer, Senior Pastor of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. Visit gracechurchva.org for this message and to find out more about how you can grow in Christ. We serve a big God, and we believe that His Word calls for us to live big. So our prayer is that this broadcast empowers you to live a life so big that it blesses everyone and everything around you. Let's get into the teaching.
1: Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you meet needs and open eyes all through the ministry of your word today. Holy Spirit, do your thing. And we give you the honor for all you do. In Jesus' precious name, we all say amen. Well, so glad you're with me on this Resurrection Sunday. This is such an important time of the year. And uh, we're going to be in John chapter 20 and verse uh, 24. And uh, we're going to look at a figure that is often, uh, he's not often not really studied on Resurrection Sunday, but we're going to dig in and we're going to learn some things about Thomas. Now, Thomas called the twin. Now, there were a lot of fanciful uh, theories that developed over the centuries about who uh, Thomas's twin brother was, uh, but it's safe to say that, that that someone in the world besides his mother uh, would never forget Thomas's birthday. It might take a couple of minutes for that to register, uh, but we're, we're, what we're going to see today is that though Thomas lived a life as, uh, you know, one in a pair, He never lost his individuality. He never partook in groupthink. And and here's what I know. Uh, When everyone thinks exactly alike, it means no one is really thinking. Now, Thomas, one of the 12. So the 12 had scattered in all uh, uh, directions when Judas brought soldiers uh, to betray and arrest Jesus. And what's most heartbreaking uh, about betrayal is that by definition, it could never come from your enemies. It can only happen from someone you trust. It can only come from a friend. Again, an enemy, you know, they're at war. They can't betray you because they hate you, but it's only those we care for. And those our hearts have been softened toward that can hurt us the most, but not only was Jesus betrayed, we're about to discover that, that also the disciples were betrayed. And, and in these verses, we're going to read Thomas needed a little bit of time to recoup and everyone doesn't uh, respond to disappointment the same way as everyone else. And everyone needs a different amount of time. So he was not with them when Jesus came. Now, Jesus, appeared to all the other disciples on Resurrection Sunday, except one. Why? Because one guy was missing. You see, none of them fully understood all that was accomplished at the cross yet, but they all returned to the fold. But Thomas here takes the longest but th- this is not for the reason you might think it wasn't because he was the weakest but probably it was because he was one of the bravest and one of the strongest let's dig in here let's let, let's see john chapter 11 and verse 16 then thomas now thomas is simply uh the hebrew word uh for 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 twin so if your name thomas you your name literally means twin also known as didymus uh, which is actually the Greek term, which simply means twin as well. So uh, he was called a twin in Greek and in Hebrew. And actually, one scholar says that the reason his his name is mentioned in both languages here uh, was to draw attention to the fact that that he was a complicated man. He was not only a twin by birth, but he was also a twin by nature. On one hand, he was brave and he was bold, decisive, and thoughtful. But on the other hand, he could be doubting and and brooding. And you know, the worst battles you will ever fight will be with a person who looks exactly like you will become you if the better part of you does not win. Then Thomas said, watch, that's Thomas's character, said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go. Now, just a few verses earlier, uh, the the very powerful Pharisees and Sadducees and scribes, uh, they, they consorted together and and they joined forces in order to to, to plot against Jesus. Actually, if it was today, they put a hit out, if you will, on Jesus, and everyone knew it, that people wanted to stone him and that, that you know, he was, uh, uh you know, the walking uh, dead, if you will. And all of the other disciples warned Jesus, saying, hey, Jesus, you know, you have a death wish or something, going to Bethany will be suicide. But I want you to watch Thomas. Now, he stands out from all the rest because the scripture says all the disciples there said to Jesus, hey, we don't want to go to Bethany, but watch Thomas. Thomas said to the rest of the disciples... Let us also go that we may die with him. Thomas didn't flinch. Now he may have had a a dark and, and brooding, doubting side at times, but when he made up his mind, Thomas was ride or die. And at some point you gotta go all in or get out. And Thomas was all in. This was a passionate, strong, and brave man. Let's go back to John 20, verse 24. Now Thomas... Called the twin was not with them when Jesus came. Where 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 was he? You know where where was Thomas? Well, he was probably mad at God and mad at the world, like like I know I probably would have been, and, and many of us would be. But when when, when you really believe in something, you know, it's hard to, to bounce back when, 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 when you're disappointed and, and, and you know what, you trusted this person. I mean, Jesus was the strongest man he had ever seen. Uh, Jesus was, was, uh, uh, you know, the, the most powerful, the most well spoken Thomas had left all to follow Jesus to to Thomas. Jesus was the Messiah, but now his Messiah was dead. And, you know, maybe, you know, when Jesus talked about, you know, him dying on the cross, he was, he, Thomas was like, you know, he's just being allegorical again. You know, Jesus is just being poetic. Surely he can't mean what he's saying. But what happened on that Friday was so inconceivable when Thomas saw the beating Jesus took, saw him hanging and gasping for air on that cross. Thomas was like, I'm out. He could not handle it. He couldn't figure out in his head how this could ever make any sense. And and this was, again, a brave man willing to die. He wasn't a coward, but he just couldn't make sense of the cross. And sometimes we will not be able to make sense of the ways of God. My mother used to say all the time, she would say, uh, hindsight is 20-20, meaning, you know, you won't often understand a thing till, till you're looking back on it. And this is what happened at the cross. The disciples did not get it until resurrection morning. And there will be moments in your life that God leads you through a difficult place and you won't get it at the time. It makes no sense at the time. God, if you were God, this would not happen to me. But we find that if you just keep walking with God, eventually you will see the wisdom of of it all and see how God was ultimately walking, working his, his plan. So the other disciples therefore said to Thomas, we have seen the Lord. Now, because of Thomas 's disappointments, he missed out on precious time with Jesus. And this is important: running away from your problems only causes more problems. And he missed his moment because of disappointments. So he said to them, "Unless I see his hands you could tell he 's probably fuming at this point." Um, I mean, what what is this stuff I'm I'm hearing? I, I saw this man get crucified. He was not just dead, he was dead dead. And uh he's he's hearing the the, the stories and and he's, he's 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 he digs in here and he says, Unless I see I, I hear what y'all are saying, but again I'm not into groupthink. I, I don't care what y'all say. I need to know him for myself, unless I see his hands, the print of the nails. Now listen, I'm not mad at Thomas for asking this question. This was a sincere question. I understand Thomas's temperament. It's like, listen, listen, I'm not going for the okie doke. I'm not going for hocus pocus here. Unless I see it for myself, I will not believe. He said, so he said, unless I see his hands and the print of his, what his nails. And he's like, "How, how could anyone survive what Jesus went through? And he said, and if I, I put my finger into the print of the nails. Now, they didn't use little framing nails like you know we use on two by fours and, and to put things together. This was a a roughly seven-inch nail, about a quarter, uh, some say about three-eighths of an inch, I'm sorry, uh seven-eighths of an inch uh wide, and it was a significant nail that went into his palms. Now in in the Greek, uh, hands included the the, the palms here or or the the wrists, better put. And uh, it it seems that you could probably see daylight through the hole in Jesus's uh, wrists. And then he said, and put my hand into his side. It seems here that that when, when the soldiers pierced, uh, Jesus' side with the spear. You all remember what happened. They probably shimmied it a little bit and left a gaping hole in Christ's body. And, and I'm sure Satan was saying with the, with the final sneer, you know, God, God, let me see you forgive something like this. But this is how God added it all up. One cross, three nails, four given. Watch what he says. He says, I will not believe. Not I can't believe. Not even I don't want to believe. But what I want you to see here is our belief or our unbelief is not just a feeling. It is a choice. And we think we're so reasonable. We think we're so logical. We think we're typically more intellectual than we really are. We are far more emotional than we ever realized. Now, the, the the evidence of an empty tomb he had already heard about. The disciples had said that they saw Jesus. Jesus had prophesied that he would die and be resurrected. So when he 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 heard this story, he's he's mostly so bent out of shape, so frustrated, so disappointed, he can't even hear the news. And and a lot of times we allow our emotions. To, to jade our view of things, we allow our emotions to color things in such a way that if we were just being more reasonable, and I know that, uh, you know, the cross seems spectacular, but when you have, you know, uh, 11 men that, that he had walked with, or at least 10, Judas was gone, uh, for years, these were honest men, they had their problems, but they were honest and honorable men that had sat under the teaching of Jesus, these were not men, Prone to, to to lie and given to fantasy, uh, there were women that that came with the report. There was uh, reports of angels and and all the rest. And, and he hears these 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 stories, and despite the fact that it was fulfillment of everything Jesus had taught while he walked on the earth, emotionally because of the place he was in, the headspace he was in, he refused to believe. And what I want to say again. Unbelief is not always a lack of proof as much as an emotional choice. And after eight days, meaning the next Sunday, his disciples were again inside, but this time Thomas was with him and Jesus came. What I want you to see here and I want you to notice is that Jesus waited until Thomas came back to church before he would help him. And this this is really, really important. Here's the mistake that, that we often make in life. Church is not just a place you go, but it's the family you belong to. And having a family is not just, uh, you know, an important thing. It is everything. So uh, when he came back, this is when he has the encounter with Jesus. And Jesus came, the doors being shut. Now, this is important. Now, they, they're locked in a room because they're scared the Jews are going to come in and kill them. Um, you know, they, they just crucify the Lord and, and, what, you know, if they would do that to him, what wouldn't they do to, to his followers? And, uh, Jesus came, the doors being shut, literally, locked. And I don't care how many walls you try to hide behind. I don't care how many keys you try to use to lock up your, your your heart. Jesus knows how to get past every hurt, every disappointment, and every pain. And this is exactly what he was about to do with Thomas here. And he stood in the midst. Imagine you're in this room with these guys. Special care has been taken to, to, to lock the door, uh, because, you know, and, and, you know, your spidey senses, by the way, are, are, are up because, uh, you know that people, soldiers may be coming to take you, and, or maybe even members of the crowd may, may be coming to, to harm you. So everyone's listening. Everyone's on hyper alert. And this guy just appears in the room. He doesn't come through a door. He doesn't walk up the walkway. He just appears in the middle of the room. So Jesus is, is in the, the room standing in the, the midst and, and he's standing with the same command he had before. And this is important, Jesus would not let the worst day of his life define the rest of his life. And this is sometimes what we do. We have a bad Friday and we live the rest of our lives mourning and weeping and, and talking about and retelling what happened on that Friday night instead of uh celebrating what's about to happen. Uh well, actually with him, what had happened on that 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 Sunday. But here's the deal with Jesus: people didn't make him and people couldn't break him. And here's the deal with you: nobody else made you. And listen, no one else can break you. Bring your issues to God. And Jesus said, watch this. Watch what Jesus said. He said, peace to you. How many of you might feel a certain way, you know, if this is your first encounter with Thomas? I mean, you've done preached to him for years. You told him for years over and over again. You use stories. You use analogies. You said it plainly. I mean, you told him what was going to happen. And then when push came to shove, he didn't believe. How many of you might be just a little bit frustrated with Thomas? But watch the way he responds to Thomas. He doesn't say, I'm mad at you. He doesn't say, you know, I I need to go upside your head. He said, peace to you. And what he was saying to Thomas and all the other disciples, you can't make me not love you. You are to die for. This is my God. This is my savior. This is why we worship him. There is none like our God. Then he said to Thomas, he was like, all right, Thomas, you didn't think I was in the room? You didn't think I was listening? You thought you were just talking to those other men? Let's do this. He said, reach your finger here and look into my, sorry, my, my, my hands. And, and this is important. If, if you really uh, sincerely want Jesus to reveal himself to you, he will. I remember a buddy of mine, I was in college, just got saved. He really didn't know the Bible very well. And he was asking me about, you know, my, my relationship with God because my life radically changed and, and I was just, it was, it was crazy. And he knew me so well. We lived in the same house. Uh, actually we lived in an apartment. Then we moved into a townhouse together. And I had about five buddies that, that lived in the house and, uh, he, he knew how I lived in my lifestyle. And all of a sudden Derek Greer shifted and changed and the changes had to be real because they were some serious, serious, serious changes. And uh, he came to me. He's like, you know, wh- what happened? H- how, did you, how did you do that? And, and, and you know, I, h- how can I experience that type of, uh, 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 of change? And uh, I didn't know a lot. I didn't have a lot to say. All I said to him and I said, uh, uh, Darren, what I want you to do is just ask the Lord to reveal himself to you. And I'm sure others would talking to him at the same time, but he did just that. And Darren is, 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 is a, to this day, he's an on fire believer. At first, all my buddies were making fun of me. You know, it's like, you know, I, I wasn't asleep with women anymore the same way. I, I, I Just lots of things. My mouth was starting to shift, and I wasn't that foul mouth kid that I'd always been. And, and these guys, like, something happened to this dude for him to, to make these, these, these shifts. But here, here's the deal. God met him. When he asked him, he's like, right where he was, he was like, Lord, reveal yourself to me. And that's exactly what happened. And if if from your heart, you ask God to reveal himself to you, that's exactly what he will do. And this is what happened with Thomas. God met him. Jesus met him right where he was, even in the middle of his doubt. He said, reach your finger here and look at my what? Hands and then he said, and reach your hands here, literally thrust your hand, speaking of his side, and put it into my side. But then watch what Jesus said. Do not be unbelieving. Be believing. Now, Jesus did not reject his doubting, but Jesus didn't tell him to, 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 to quit it. Uh, well, actually, what Jesus did tell him, he did tell him to quit it, and he told him to take a step of faith. And, and listen. God will tolerate doubt, put up with doubt to a certain level. But here, when God brings a proof, he expects us to respond to it. And he was trying to shake him out of, of his sorrow and his grief and, and all that was going on in his head. Now, now, this may not seem spiritual to you. Maybe you'll be a little disappointed in me as a person, but I need to tell you. Many times, I would say most times, the way I have to overcome my doubt is by just doing it. I can't tell you how many times that, that, you know what? I did it while I was afraid. I wasn't 100% sure. I didn't have all the answers in my head, uh, but but here's the deal. If if I had no fear, there would be no need for courage. And this is why God says, be of good courage, because sometimes th- there will be fear. Sometimes there'll be things you can't wrap your head around. This was the experience of Thomas. Thomas answered and said to him, watch what Thomas said. My Lord. Now, we as Americans may use uh, the, the Lord's name in vain, uh, quite quite often. That, that's part of our culture, it seems. But no God fearing Jewish person of this age would say what what Thomas was about to say, unless he really really meant it. Looking at Jesus, he said, "My Lord," that's what they called Yahweh, or Jehovah, "My Lord and My God." He called him both Lord and God. And there could be no mistake about what Thomas meant in what he had just said. But I want you to notice, Jesus did not rebuke him. Jesus did not correct him. Matter of fact, if Jesus was just a prophet, not not even the son of God, but if he was just a prophet, he would have been obligated to correct one of his disciples that likened a human being to God. He would have been obligated to deal with the issue, but Jesus is actually silent, but really he's not silent. Watch what he says next. So Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. He called what Thomas had just said, belief. Pay attention. Jesus considered what Thomas just said, accurate and faithful belief. And here's a question this Sunday. What do you believe about Jesus? Was he just another wise man? Was he maybe just a a, a prophet or was he who he claimed to be? John 8 and 58 says this. Jesus said to them, this is way before the cross. And he didn't just say this privately to people. He said this publicly to, to the most educated uh, men of his time, people that knew the scriptures and the Bible, the religious leaders, the scribes, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He said, most assuredly, without a doubt, there's no hesitation and no question in my mind. I'm not trying to believe this. I'm not trying to get you to, to, to believe this. This is something I know. I tell you what I know. Verily, verily, I say to you before Abraham was, I am. So, after the resurrection, eight days after Resurrection Sunday, Thomas finally realized what Jesus had been saying all along. That he had not only existed, you know, during the time of Abraham, but since eternity passed. He began to understand that Jesus is the, 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 the God of, of Israel taken on flesh. He was the voice that spoke from the burning bush. In verse 29, Jesus said this, blessed are those who have not seen Thomas and yet have believed. Now, by the way, when John, you remember John and Peter had a race to the tomb, the women came to him telling them, you know, what had happened and the angels they had uh, seen and uh, saw. And uh, they had a race to the tomb. And the Bible says that John beat him, uh, beat Peter to the tomb. And when they got to the tomb, the Bible says that John looked in and believed. So John didn't have to see Jesus to believe. He simply uh, saw the evidence of the empty tomb. And it's that that was enough in order for, and actually the testimony of the women as well, and the words that Jesus had spoken was enough. And he was training his disciples to live by his voice and to begin to trust his word.
2: This is the Live Big broadcast with Derek Rear. We pray that you are inspired to think big, do big, and live big. Our goal is to compel you to live in a way that overflows and blesses those around you. We invite you to meet us online for vibrant worship and strong Bible teaching each Sunday and Wednesday on social media or gracechurchva.org. You can also tune in to the Live Big broadcast on television. So check your local TV listings or visit gracechurchva.org for the broadcast schedule. That's all the time we have. But until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big.
1: There are times when I want God to work everything out right now. But I sometimes forget my place because having faith in God includes having faith in his timing. Isaiah 40 and verse 31 tells us, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. You know, when my dog Max was a puppy, I would tell him to sit and then put a bowl of food in front of him. And he was trained not to eat until I said, release. Why? Because not even his next meal was more important than obedience to his master. If I didn't take the time to get this right while he weighed only 20 pounds, how could I keep him in control when he weighed Likewise, God must teach us to wait so he can trust us. Every time Max waited, he was rewarded, and my confidence in him only grew. Eventually, I could trust a strong animal around my young children. The question is not, can God give you what you want, but do you trust him enough to wait? For more, go to GraceChurchVA.org. That's GraceChurchVA.org. And as always, live big.